The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. And here we are again. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Our producer was making fun of us saying, or making fun of Holly, because she right. always goes, hello. <laughs> when she introduces thing. the podcast. Shouldn't I? It's my thing. It's my, you know, and that's the way it was. I think it's great. <laughs> um, I'm excited because uh, Banana Joe. Who calls a dog Banana Joe? I know. Wait, it doesn't even look like a banana. It does. Look or a Joe. Very far from mm-hmm. looking like a banana. But I have to say, this is the cutest dog. <laughs> and Affen Pinchers, if you want an Affen Pincher in this That's country true. now, you're going to be <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be paying a lot of money because they are in high demand after Banana Joe won this year's Westminster. I had never seen an Affen Pincher before. What is it? It's a big. It's a little fluff, black, fluffy dog. I don't know. Had it ever won or placed or showed at the Westminster? Or he's, I think he's placed. He never won. I don't think an Affen Pincher has won. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there. And he definitely hadn't. I think he'd come close. But this time he got it. What made him a winner? What was like so awesome about him? Me. He I don't ask me. I don't know. Lips. We need to have a professional judge. That would be cool. Let's do that one time. I'd love to find out, like, what are they looking at? Like, I know what you look at for beauty pageants it's like the beauty pageant I think dogs. it's the similar sort of thing you know the mm-hmm. really the 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 breed that is sort of the best of that breed the best anatomically mm-hmm. the best disposition mm-hmm. um the way it walks the way it holds itself the way it carries itself that I mean everything it's got to right. be an all-round beauty how old was it? In Do all we respects. Know? Was it a couple years old? You're asking me all these oh, I'm questions. Sorry, I don't I'm know. trying to find out. Don't you you know everything. You're the smartest woman I know. No, I'm so not. <laughs> Apparently he'd never gotten this far before. Obviously he hadn't. Mm-hmm. He's he was in the last two Westminsters. Oh. So yep. he's probably not that old. But he didn't quite perform as expected. This time or last time? Last time. Oh. Finished second in the in the toy group. Oh. Judging each time. So how does that work? How do they pick? How did they pick Banana Joe? Well, first of all, you got to win best of breed. Okay. And then you go best of group, and it's the best of group that participates in the final competition. So it's like one of each. Yes. So you know how we talked last week about how it is an education. You know, I learned about the what was it the Fidlin, what was the what's the dog that looks like a lamb that I can never remember its name? Bedling oh, the Bedlington Terrier. Yeah. And I'd never, I'd never heard of an often, what, the often. The often pincher. Bless you. I know. Um, no, you know what? I've never, I've never trained an often pincher. I've, I've Bless never you. had dealings with them, so I really don't know too much about them, but I have just to say it's cute. It's cute. As, as a person who is height challenged, five, <laughs> two and a half. So you felt for this five, dog. Five, three. I just, I bonded. <laughs> there were 2,721 entries. Wow. 187 breeds and varieties at the 137th Westminster Dog Show. Good for Banana Joe. That's awesome. Now, um, you know, we, uh, first of all, I do want to, I did want to update you on one thing. Uh, Sean loved his Snoop Dogg mug. 
did he? <laughs> that has gotten so many comments. And when I saw a picture of it, I laughed. Didn't it look? Like- it is awesome. So what? What was his reaction then? He opened it up and he laughed and he's like, you've got to be kidding me. And he's like, this is awesome. And he put it on his Facebook page. But he's like, who's got the best wife ever? Me. See below or whatever. He put. And I was like, yes, because it's funny. Like now he's not Snoop Dogg anymore, though, isn't he? Like Snoop Wolf or Snoop. He, I don't know. He gave himself a, a promotion. Holly, can I just tell you something? I'm very uncool. When it comes to music, <laughs> I know nothing. I only know what my daughter plays. You don't know any Snoop Dogg music? No, not really. Oh. I know. Uh, tell me, uh, ask me about Taylor Swift because that's all I listen to right. in the car with my daughter. I mean, we do. We listen to. Look, I, I'm an old school. I'm Journey. So, oh, I'm Rush. Oh, you're yeah. really aging yourself. I am. But at Sorry. least you didn't say the Four Tops or Frankie Valley. No, that's good. No, that's not me. Um, I'm yeah. Jane's addiction. Yes. Okay. Very good. You can just I tell you a got story some respect. About, okay. Can I tell you a story about yes, Jane's addiction? All right, everybody. Do. Here's something you don't know about that me. Daily, yeah. Well, for all of those who, maybe some people know about this, but there used to be a group in New York City called the Guardian Angels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know about yes. them? Mm-hmm. Right. Well. Curtis Lewa, who was the leader of the Guardian Angels, came over to London to recruit a London chapter. <laughs> and at the time, I was at university, and I was very good at martial arts, especially karate. And I was recruited from my martial arts to um, come and wow. join the group. Huh. And it was during the first year that the Guardian Angels, the London chapter of the Guardian Angels, so, you know, every I would spend three nights training. And a lot of our training, you know, when you're dealing with fights for example you know you you we were there people called us vigilantes but we weren't vigilantes we were people that were um concerned citizens Mm -hmm. and you know vigilantes make their own laws we didn't we followed the law but we ended up assisting the police in in a lot of incidences but to begin with people were a little bit I don't think they distrusted the angels mm-hmm. because here was this group of people with red berries now like patrolling mar- the tubes. Right, yeah. exactly. When they realized what was going on and what actually our, our mission was, they changed tune. And then, you know, sometimes actually the police asked us to help them. But um, with the the guardian angels, we learn how to fight. And most fights end up on the ground. We learn how to, to protect ourselves and we learn how to stop fights and things. And so we know. were very good wrestlers yeah. because most fights end up on the ground. So you have to know how to do holes and all that, this kind of stuff. Well, and I know this is a very long story, cutting it very short and I've completely lost my train of thought. This is my brain. At it's the okay. Jane's addiction. Thank you. <clears throat> Dear goodness me, Jane's addiction. So I... It's the last time they're playing. All right, they're playing at. Thank you. They're playing at Brixton oh, Academy. Nice. Yep. It's sold out. I can't mm-hmm. get a ticket. Mm-hmm. That's it. The, the the group is going to break up. Okay, we know this mm-hmm. now. I thought, how am I going to be able to get to see my favourite band on stage? So I called the security up. I said, hello, my name is Tori Still. I'm a guardian angel. I'm really interested in how you do security at the Brixton Academy. Do you mind if I come along and just? take a look at what you guys do and the guy says yeah sure we love the guardian angels so yeah sure are. when are you available and i said well actually tonight i'm available can mm-hmm. i come along tonight guess what i did he had me on the door <gasps> the stage door right checking people in and doing all of that watching what they did and had me standing on the side of the stage did you meet like dave navarro watching, 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 i met everybody hallelujah wow. what'd you think they were great. 
<laughs> so was it Very worth it? Well. First it of all, it was worth it. So thank you, Guardian <laughs> Angels. You you allowed me to see. I'm just impressed. Favorite band. So that Jane's Addiction is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, but the moral of the story is don't get you mad at me because you could end up kicking my booty on the floor. Look, I was a good, I was a good <laughs> fight. You see, I'm non-violent. I'm completely yeah. against violence, you know, and that obviously mm-hmm. shows in my my training as well. But <laughs> um, I, I, <clears throat> it was empowering as a woman to be able to know that I could defend myself, but also help other people. And in yeah. fact, the female members of the Guardian Angels formed a female group called the Amazons. Wow. And so we did all female patrols. And believe you me, we had a lot of, um, there are a lot of sexual assaults mm-hmm. on the tube, and we were there to, to help. That's amazing. Women, we were, we took a lot of drunk people home. In fact, one of the guys that was completely, we found completely passed out in the, in the subway, or the tube as we call it in London, uh, we took him home. We made sure he got into bed. We made sure mm-hmm. he was okay. He became our lawyer. He was a top lawyer. Oh. Became the lawyer, guardian angel's lawyer. See, anyway, that's a good thing. I'll tell you, though, that's really past. important. And I, I want to do that. I need, do need to learn self-defense only because just a really short, <clears throat> I mean, on Valentine's night, I was cooking dinner and Sean was on his way home and the dog, the, I hear knocking kind of at the door and the dogs are going nuts. They're going crazy. And then I see like, I go, there's no one there, but I see a figure run to the side of the house. And I was like, what the, and then I was like, did I really see that? Maybe it's, you know, next door neighbors or whatever. So I, you know, I thought, well, maybe it's, I don't know, kids, whatever. So then the doorbell rings and I see the figure run to the side of the house. Now I'm like, oh my God, I'm the only one home. The dogs are going nuts. So I don't know. Now we are gun owners. We do have a gun upstairs, but you know, it's not, you know, it's safe and I don't know how to use it. So I grabbed my wrist off the knife, the biggest knife I have. And I called Sean. He's like, call 911. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, what are you going to do? Julianne, this guy? Like what? You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't be able to use a knife. I wouldn't be able to use a gun. And I think that would be a little bit like you said, it's empowering. It is empowering. Oh, you know, <clears throat> but I, I actually, I did it for two years and then, um, then I stopped. And one of the reasons why I stopped was, um, because there were a spate of, muggings that were happening in the tube and it was with HIV potential needles infected with HIV you know if you don't give me your money I'm gonna stab you with this HIV infected you don't want to mess with and that you know I'd done two years with the angels and I thought you know what that's my done I'm that's my time I'm done we find out new things about you all the time yeah there you go there's a lot there's a lot more where that comes from I like that anyway off topic we're talking about dogs here I know and finding out about new things about people and dogs um Dognition, cool yes. website. Yes, we, we talked about Dognition um, last week, and of course, I'm very excited about it. Um, First of all, for I'm those who missed our last panel. episode, tell us again what it is. It's um, an online personality test. That's not really the right word. It's it's more about discovering how your dog thinks. Mm-hmm. It helps you, it helps you as a dog owner connect with your dog on a whole new level. Um, and it's a you play a, a sort of a series of fun science-based games together, mm-hmm. um, and you complete an online personality <clears throat> questionnaire, and you get a 12-page Dognition profile report. Gives you a completely fresh understanding of your dog's personality, behavior, and strategies for solving everyday challenges that you might mm-hmm. face with your dog, um, you know, in your, during your life together. Um, and so it really helps you appreciate the unique way that your dog sees the world. Hmm. It's, it's, it's so exciting. Um, but what's even more exciting is that exclusive, and this is only exclusive to positively fans and listeners is that, um, 
we're offering Dognition at the reduced price of thirty nine ninety five wow. instead of fifty nine ninety five. And that's a lot of um, that's a lot of brain power. I mean, you a lot of dog therapists. I guess you I guess you can say or psycho. You know what, what's the equivalent of a dog psychologist? It would be like a, a behaviorist. behaviorist. Yeah. yeah. So they're all behind this. So You've you're got, getting a lot of brains. Oh, for you that. are absolutely. You're getting the top scientific minds in this country in the in the world. That's what you're getting. And so if you go to dognition.com, you can find out more about it. And if you want to get this personality test, mm-hmm. to get the ability to do this personality test, then use promo code VICTORIA39 um, and you'll get the exclusive discount. That's great. And literally, it is only open for positively fans and listeners. And it's good through March the 31st. So do it. You've and got then, a month. Well, it would be very cool. So then email us. We have an email address, podcasts at positively.com. If you do it, let us know how your experience was with it. So, you know, I think that would be cool to share just to, you know, for us to sort of get the feedback and see what people are learning about their dogs. I bet people are going to learn a lot that they didn't know. And what what is also good about <clears> it is <throat> you're learning about your dog, but you're also helping other dogs in the process because everything that is learned about your dog, it all gets sort of stored away in this big database, as it oh, were. Wow. Um, and nothing personally with you, no. but just the findings of different dogs, you know, and, and it's all going to be stored and it could help other dogs in the future. Hmm. You so know, you're helping science. Yeah, you are. That's you're, really neat. And that's why it sort of it, it sort of gives back. You're helping the community at large. There you go. So dognition.com and use the promo code Victoria39. Do it before the end of March to get your discounted price and let us know. Um, and speaking of um, March, you're heading out of the country in yeah. March. Sweden. I've got my seminar March the 16th and 17th in Stockholm. <clears throat> Um, and then I'll be at the Miami Dog Bite Conference um, April 26th in Miami, Florida. And again, I'll also be in Canada in March as well. I'm going to be in Toronto, just outside Toronto, for the big expo there. Okay, so at Positively.com slash appearances, they can see where you're going to be in Positively.com slash DBC. That's Dog Bite Conference. Um, you can find out where you can see Victoria, where you can meet her, chat with her, and tell her your Dognition results up close and personal. We're, we, are, we are doing <coughs> Dognition, and we're going to be taping um, us doing personality tests on Jasmine oh. and also on Sadie. Oh, cool. I want to see that. You need to do it on Barnsley. I know. I think and- I'm going to do it Barnsley and Cashmere. Trust me. I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, maybe I can tape it. I'll get a camera and we can tape it. I think you should. Too. Yeah. Because we're going to have a laugh with it. We've already done a little bit with Jasmine, but we're going to we're gonna really do it with then Jasmine. Then I can prove to you how dumb poor no, Barnsley is. No, he's not. <laughs> you haven't Just unleashed wait and see. All the right. inner Barnsley. I will let you know. I will All let right. you know. Um, okay, so I wanted to sort of switch topics, ask you, I know that we're still in the throes of cold weather in a lot of the country. They're expecting more storms, you know, here and there. And so I was wondering, I know you wrote a blog um, about cold weather tips because, you know, we, we, we bundle up and we're all concerned about, oh, you got to stay warm. And then, you know, your dog goes outside or your dog lives outside, which we hate. So um, tell us what we need to know. All right. Well, you can find this information um, by going to my blog, which is on positive.com slash podcast. If you go to um, episode 319, which is this episode, mm-hmm. you'll be able to click the links that we put on there. And you can read my blog and you can read other expert blogs about it that's on my site and my website. But um, I had a great interview with Charlie English, who is the director of GEMA, which is the Georgia Emergency Management Agency, um, about what you need to do. And basically, he, his advice was you have to... 
um, prepare, plan, and stay informed. Mm-hmm. Um, and prepare preparation, getting your emergency supplies that you need to survive for about three days without mm-hmm. assistance. Um, make a plan with communicating and reconnecting with family members and stay informed by educating yourself on best how to respond, avoid various disasters. And and he says that following these three tips can literally save your life. Right. And then also to be concerned about our animals, don't just let them, you know, put them out in the morning and leave them out there for hours and no. hours because they get you frostbite know, and they, they're re- just because they've got fur. Remember, your dogs and cats are closer to the ground than you are. Yeah. So they're going to, they're going to get cold much quicker. Mm-hmm. They're going to get warm a lot quicker than you are. Um, and, and dogs pads are sensitive. They can also get fr- frostbite as yeah. well. So you just, if you've got to take your dog outside, allow your dog to go out and toilet outside and bring your dog back indoors. Or if you want to do a little walk, do like five minutes. That's it. Bring your dog back inside. Some dogs are tough sometimes uh, or are used to it and can tough Mm -hmm. it out. But, you know, a lot of our domestic dogs, they live quite sheltered lives in our homes. They don't build up that that toughness out there um, when the weather does get too cold or it does get too hot. So just be aware of that. Also, don't allow your dog to lick the snow or to lick anything from the road because they could be ingesting all kinds of chemicals from cars and salting and 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 that can be an issue and if you do walk your dog outside bring your dog inside and wash their paws Mm -hmm. so they're not licking the salt off their paws or dragging it in through your house where you're walking barefoot or in your socks or your kids are crawling on the floor yeah yeah um you know be it just i think it is it's a heightened state of awareness that you need Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people say yeah but my dog's bored inside you know uh, what am i going to do well look there's loads of enriching games you can play with your dog you can play hide and seek you can play um you know you can stuff food with stuff toys with Mm -hmm. food and you can hide them around the house and get your dog to go find it. I mean, there's that you can get puzzles for your dogs. You can feed your dogs through activity toys rather than through, through the food bowl. There's a lot of stuff you can do inside the home. And you know, one of the things that like the other day when I said last week it was raining and one of the things I did, cause I couldn't take my dogs out, you know, outside was, you know, I did some training inside. So you could do training, reinforce your training and make it a game with your dogs and make it enjoyable and fun. Like, you know, you can even practice the cue of the week this week indoors if it's too cold to go out. Yeah. I think that's great. Hey, training, any, any chance (laughs) to teach your dog is good. Um, and I think Charlie makes a really great point is that a, he says, never leave your pet chained outside. Please, please, please just don't do that. Shouldn't be doing that anyway. But he also says, talk to your neighbors, set up a buddy system so you can check on one another animals if you happen not to be home. I think this is so vital. Mm -hmm. Also, if you have neighbors, I think it's really important, um, set up a buddy system so you can check on each other's animals if you're not home. Right. Good idea. You never know if their heat goes out, it can get just as cold in somebody's Mm -hmm. house. Yeah. And so teaching your dog, of course, let's talk about the stay cue. Yes. Stay is a great cue to use, and you can use it, I mean, gosh, anywhere. I teach it inside the mm-hmm. home to be used outside. It's really a safety cue. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be really difficult for dogs to do, though, because dogs are certainly dogs that have difficulty controlling their impulses. And what dog doesn't have difficulty controlling their impulses? They all they all do, especially if you've got somebody coming to the door or something, and the dog's really excited and wants to go say hello. Um, it's really difficult for a dog to stay in one place, but stay really means stay in one place. 
I teach wait and stay. Wait is wait in one place and then I'll go away and call you. And then stay means you stay in that place until I come back to come and get you. Okay. And what are some of the quick tips? I know you can go to youtube.com slash ehowpets and then you search for stay, but how do you sort of, I mean, what's the premise behind it? Like, Okay. So... I teach it. I, I teach it in a, uh, an environment where there are less distractions. So mm-hmm. when it's quiet in your home, and what happens? I do duration first, and then build up distance. So duration means that I'll stand in front of my dog, and I'll just put my hand sort of just in front of me, palm facing towards the dog, and I'll just hold it there as the dog is either standing or sitting in one place, and I hold it there for ten seconds. And then I'll reward the dog. If the dog likes food, great. Or if the dog likes praise, great. That's what I'll use. And then I do it again, repeat it. But this time I have my hand up for about 15 seconds. And then 20 seconds. And I build it up until the dog is waiting or staying, sorry, in one place for about a minute. Then once the dog really knows what kind of the, that, that hand signal means and the word stay means, because I use the word with the hand signal, I then begin to add distance. The mistake people make is to tell their dog to stay and immediately move back. No, build up the duration where the duration that the dog is in one place. And then when the dog really realizes that stay means you have to stay in one place, then you can take a step away. So I built up duration. Then I take one step away, come back to my dog and reward. Then I ask the dog to stay again, take two steps away, come back to my dog and reward. Build it up three steps, four steps, five steps, till you get to the point where your dog is staying in one place and you can walk away from it. Um, So I build this up an environment with less distractions. Then I take it out into the backyard. Then I take it to to a a dog class or out in a park somewhere where it's safe and the dog's on a long line. And I build it up because it's much easier for your dog to concentrate in an environment where there's no distractions. Then, it's one thing backing away from your dog with your hand, with your palm facing your dog, but it's quite another thing to say stay and then turn your back on your dog and walk away. You'll find you might have a dog that's fantastic at staying as you back away with your hand and it's in front of you. But as soon as you turn your back and walk away, dog follows you because it's so used to doing right. that. So you kind of test it. You do it where you walk away with your side body. You walk away with the dog seeing your back. Um, And when your dog's really good at that, then you go out of its vision. So you go around a corner, behind a wall, do something, but your dog still has to stay in one place. And you're really building up a really reliable cue. Why? Because it's for safety. If you need your dog to stay in one place while a guest comes in so it doesn't run out of the door, it's a great cue to use. If you want your dog to stay in one place where you're outside, it's a great cue to use. And also, <clears throat> to me, wouldn't you want to do that first before you teach them come? Because you need to get them to stay. No, or I always teach the, the <clears throat> recall cue first. That's the most important thing. I okay. want the dog to come to me. And certainly with puppies, stays really hard to teach a young puppy. Yeah. Whereas the recall, I teach the, the day one you get that puppy home, you're teaching that recall. Mm-hmm. Because you want that dog to come to you whenever you ask it to come to you. So you're building up right from the word go. I wait a little time before I start teaching a puppy stay because puppies, very little impulse control. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for them. And so when I teach dogs, I, I, I teach them so I set them up for success. Right. 
That's the important thing. I want them to succeed all the time. I don't want them to fail. But I know that impulse control is hard. It's hard for people. It's going to be hard for dogs. So sometimes dogs are not always going to respond. Don't worry about it. And when you're teaching, do short little teaching sessions, five, ten minutes, twice a day, three times a day. Or make it a game if you're stuck inside. Make yeah. it fun. and Don't don't just go on and on and on and mm-hmm. be boring to your dog because then your dog's just going to lose interest. It's, it's not like, going to learn. It's like us. Yeah. We do the same thing. Right. So youtube.com slash ehowpets and then search for stay and you can see... Vic do the whole thing and then you can copy it as well. And you can use any word. If you want to use the weight, use the weight as well. It it really doesn't matter. Well, that was really good to know. I feel enlightened. So let's do some more enlightening. Let's, uh, let's ask Victoria, shall we? Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizarding genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they, they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just, Just ask Victoria. Okay, so the first one's not really a question, but this one is my favorite of the day. So I want to read this to you. You got an email from Milan Jovanovic Fitch, um, and the location is Zelemsi, Austria. Wow. And it says, hi, Victoria. I'm a 19-year-old Serb from Austria. I don't have animals, but I watch every day your show. It's Mir the Dog. In German, it is called Der Hund oder Ich. Yep. Ich. Ich. Oder Ich. 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 I should know how to do that. I'm a Jew. On the Austrian TV station 6. Yes. Uh, Victoria, I just want to say that you are wonderful and your show is great. I also hope that I can watch your show also in the future and that it's Mir the Dog will never deposed. That it, He says, P.S. Sorry for my bad English because he's not. Uh, so English it never, it's Mir the Dog will never end? Yes, basically. Oh, he says, I wish you, you all the best for the future. And then he says, Ich, Ich. What is it? Ich, Ich. Wünsche der alles gut für die Zukunft. And in Serbian, it's Zelim Tzvi. I just totally butchering this beautiful language. Najbali un. And then you can see that word right there. I can't. There's not enough. There's not enough. I wish you all the best for the future. Does that mean I wish you all the best for the future? I believe so. So it's greetings from Austria Milan. I thought that was really cool. So we just got a little. Thank you so much. Yes. Six television. Woohoo. Okay. Thank you for airing my show. Um, okay, so let's um, start with this question, even though it was a beautiful uh, email. Shelly from Iowa wants to know, how do you stop a male dog from marking inside the house? He knows he's to go outside and relieve himself. However, he's constantly peeing in the house. We have resorted to, have it, to him having to wear a diaper 24-7. He lives with one male dog and two female cats. However, this behavior occurred prior to moving in with additional pets. Okay. Yes. Oh, do you know what? It's one of the scent marking inside. It's just one of the most difficult behaviors to stop. Frustrating. Really frustrating. Because you've got, you've got the smell there all the time. If you don't adequately clean where the dog has marked, Mm -hmm. and you have to really clean it well with a cleaner that cuts the enzymes in the urine so it doesn't have that smell. Now, dogs have the enzymes. I know cats do. Urine does. Okay. It does. And so you have to have a really great cleaner to be able to get rid of that smell. Mm -hmm. You might not be able to smell it, but your dog can. Mm -hmm. 
If you don't adequately clean it up, your dog is just going to mark it hmm. again and again and again. You know, some serial markers, that's the only thing you can do is put a diaper on that dog. Is it so bad to have a diaper on a dog? Well, it's preferable that you do, that you don't, you know, that you don't have to use one. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to use one. So here how here's how I've dealt with it in the past. I give that dog ample opportunity to go outside. I'm not just talking one walk. I do about two little walks a day, even more, three walks a day. And by getting the dog outside and varying the walks that I go on, the dog has the opportunity to mark territory outside Mm -hmm. and gets all of that desire to mark out of it. And then when I bring the dog back home, the dog literally is in, is either tied to me mm-hmm. or is behind a baby gate in a proofed room and is not allowed to have any kind of free roam around the house at all until I, uh, I know that the marking behavior has, be- is, is going into extinction. Mm-hmm. Because the more the dog has the habit of marking inside the house, the more the dog's going to do it. So you have to stop it right there and then, which means active supervision all the, all the time the dog is having free reign around the house. And when you cannot actively supervise, the dog is either in a, if it's a small dog in a pen, I don't like keeping dogs in crates for too long, but a crate, if you have one, but don't abuse that, or a dog-proofed room. And then you will stop the marking. You will stop that habit of marking, and you hope that after a while, and again, it depends, it could take a month, it could take six months, then you hope that your dog has gotten out of the habit. With another male in the house, though, that's going to make a dog that's already a marker even more of a marker because that's competition. Mm Mm-hmm. So you've got an issue, and then cats too, of course. Yeah, the dog will do smell more. the cats yeah. there, boom, and he'll mark it. This place is mine. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. So it really is. It's a question of of really managing your dog as well. Okay, this next question is from Tina, San Francisco, California, and she says, "I have a cocker poodle mix dog eh, who is eight years old." Recently has become snippy or displaying a growling behavior, particularly when at home and near his bedtime when he's tired. Never did this before. She says, I'm saddened to see the sudden aggressive behavior. What can I do to correct this before it spins out of control? Interesting. Well, good for her for noticing that you have to curb a behavior before it gets too too bad. He's eight years old. So he's a senior dog. He's getting up there in age. I think if this is if he's recently become snippy when a behavior occurs that you've never seen before at first my brain first of all says you've got to take your dog to the vet make sure they're not in pain or something something something's, something's happening that is causing this dog to do it and it mm-hmm. could be medical issue once you've ruled that out then you've got to kind of go back and see can you is there anything that caused your dog some sort of trauma 
some kind of something that happened before bedtime that has has um, triggered this behavior. And when he gets really tired, now could that be like a sort of a self defense thing? Like it you could, know, or just grouchy, just moody. Does he go to daycare during the day? Is he getting utterly exhausted throughout the day that by the end of the day, he's he's so tired that he's grouchy and like moody. Kids do. Yeah, they have little meltdowns. Yes, when they're overtired. I think this is. I think this is it. And I think then, if you can't see that there's any viable trigger that he doesn't go to daycare and he doesn't do that much today, but by the end of the day he's exhausted, then. If you can give him as much space as possible, I think that's what he needs. Or maybe just, yeah, let him bring him up to bed early and let him go to bed early. He doesn't have to stay up as late as you. Yeah. Um, Is there anything to do that would make nighttime or going to bed a little more pleasurable or calm? Like, would you say, give him a treat when he goes to bed or anything like that? Or is that not going to work? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, feed him a lot before he goes mm-hmm. to sleep, but you could you could if you're taking the dog upstairs and that's your ritual i think what happened what's happening here is that potentially they have a ritual a bedtime ritual that they go through anyway that we mm-hmm. we're pretty ritualistic people are mm-hmm. and um if you can break the cycle figure out do you have a ritual before you go to bed do you do the same thing every night and if you do or if it's close to that even try and change it up get to the point where I don't know maybe if you're walking upstairs you can put a treat on every third step or something like that Mm -hmm. so that your dog is redirected into kind of oh look there's there's a Mm -hmm. treat that's cool but I just do think this is a case of a tired dog yeah and eight years old you know there there is such thing as cognitive decline Mm -hmm. in dogs and maybe your dog is suffering from this Go see a veterinarian, and if you're still not happy with that, go see a veterinary behaviorist mm-hmm. and get their take on it. Yeah, because, you know, my dog Barnsley became a little dog aggressive. We got him on basically Prozac, fluoroxetine, and he's been doing a lot better, so it may just be a little chemical imbalance. Could As we be. get older, our chemicals shift. Yeah, they dogs. do. Okay, here's a question for... Um, you from Lara from Phoenix, Arizona. And she says, hi, Victoria. Here's my question. I've heard many trainers say that when you feed your dog, you should pretend to eat out of their bowl first and then give them the food because the pack leader always gets to eat first. But other trainers say that it's pointless and that the whole pack leader thing is false. I'm not sure which trainers to believe, and your advice would be greatly appreciated. Also, do dogs see us as pack leaders like wolves do in the wild, or is that something from the old school way of training? Thanks for all you do. So, I was taught when I first started training, I was taught about that if you eat before your dog, that your dog will see you as leader. Um, That the leader of the pack always eats first, and then the others eat later. And it's something that I did, something that I told people to do. But I always felt a bit strange doing it, <laughs> yeah. thinking this is a bit weird. Um, and then when I did more research into it, I thought, you know what, this is, a bit, this is weird. It's bunk. I don't think your dog sees you any different if you eat first no, or they pretend just to eat out food. of its bowl. <laughs> but actually, 
eating out of its bowl could actually serve another purpose because it's bringing your dog's attention onto you. Hmm. So it's a great way of getting your dog's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't subscribe to that anymore. I just, I, I think it's really thinking of it from kind of a human point of view. And I think the dog's just staring at you going, what are you doing? Right. I don't think it's thinking, oh yeah, okay, you eat first. And you're going to, you're my leader. You're my alpha. And then I eat next. Because, you know, to be honest with you, I feed my dogs first before I can eat. Because while they're busy eating, I can eat. And they don't beg. They don't smell my food. They don't want what I have. And I, they're already full you hope, you know, where they're not just ravenous, like, I want your food and crazy. See, dogs in the wild, and let's say if we're going to go down that road, wolves in the wild, they don't always, it's not really the leader dogs that always eat first. Mama, who's ahead of her, mm-hmm. you know, of her, of her babies. And she's got a need, yeah. She, a lot of the times, lets puppies eat first because they need to eat. So She understands that. So... so that doesn't, it's not really true in the wild either. On, on certain, I think certainly the, the alpha pair and a wolf pack will, may have first dibs at the kill, but then they want their puppies to survive. So by eating all the nutrition themselves first and not allowing their dogs, their, their, their puppies to have, or sorry, their cubs, I should say, mm. to have the food that that means that that they're compromising their offspring's survival so right. that doesn't ring true either so i think what i'm trying to say is it's false um so what about look, the idea is they're really like a pack oh, mentality or mm. dogs are not socialized wolves dogs have fifteen thousand years approximately of separation from the wolf mm-hmm. while they might still have a few traits of the wolf Let's stop seeing them as wolves. They are dogs. It's like we're not cavemen anymore. No, no, no. We're not chimpanzees either. Right. <laughs> or bonobos, which right. is our closest um, relative. No, we're not. Um, so I don't think dogs are thinking you're my pack leader because I think dogs are smarter than that. I think dogs know we're not dogs. We're slightly weird two-legged things. <laughs> that don't speak the same language as them, Mm -hmm. that are very confusing, that are very inconsistent. How can we be leader of their pack when we're not their species? I think we can be their leaders, and I think a leader can be a teacher, like a parent, Mm -hmm. like a teacher, Mm -hmm. but we're not their pack leaders. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we're we're not like them, and they're aware that we're different. Plus, there's a whole idea... A whole very outdated idea, but unfortunately still prevalent in this country uh, um, and in other parts of the world. But that there's a fixed hierarchy in your home. Even if you have one dog, so your dog is at the bottom, sees itself as the bottom, and then maybe children are next, and then maybe mom, and then maybe dad. There's a sort of fixed hierarchy. And if you've got a multi-dog household, dogs will fit into a nice fixed hierarchy. I don't think dogs come into our home at all and see that there's a nice hierarchy there. I think they're just trying to cope. Mm-hmm. I think that if there's an issue, they're not trying to take over as pack leader or the boss or the alpha or leader of your home. 
They're just trying to control environment so they survive. There's no coup attempt happening behind no. closed doors. Dogs really are not out for world domination. <laughs> they're not. Even though you heard it here. people have believed for many years that they are, which is so sad and so wrong. They're not. I think it's just literally, if you've got even a multi-dog household, you don't have a fixed hierarchy. Mm-hmm. If you're looking about pack behavior, pack behavior is fluid. Group behavior, because I don't like calling domestic dogs packs. I like calling them groups, because true definition of pack is mom, dad, and offspring. So dogs are from all different kinds of families. So dogs coming together as a group rather than a pack. But there's no fixed hierarchy. It all depends on what is important to the dog. Let's say there's a location. Dog loves the bed. That's really important to that dog, and it's going to growl at another dog if it comes close to that bed. But dogs does, that dog that growls at other dogs when it comes close to the bed is not concerned about food. Mm-hmm. But yet the other dog in, in the house is concerned about food, so it's going to guard the food. So that's, hierarchy is always changing. It's always fluid. And that's, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. So I would say an answer to your question. No. No, it's outdated. <laughs> it's all based on on flawed theory and we now know much better we now know the truth behavioral science has taught us but unfortunately as we know (laughs) the old style dominance thinking and pack leader and all of those sad little they're words. hanging on to that. It's almost like it's 14th century England and they're like, I there. will coup, take a coup. I'm going to get rid of the king and bury him in a parking lot and then I'm going to rule the country. And what's so sad is that it builds confrontational relationships with your dog. If you have this false idea that if your dog is misbehaving in the house, it is trying to get one over on you, you've got to make you've got to make it submit and be dominant over it in order to get it to submit so that it sees you as pack leader and it's demoted and it stops its attempt on trying to be top dog. It leads to a confrontational relationship, a relationship based on punishment. And that, as you know, has no all work. sorts of problems. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's get one more question in here. And this last question is from Sue. She's from Clinton, Tennessee. And she says she has a year and a half year old, a one and a half year old poodle, terrier cross mix. I adopted her from the shelter and she has no training. She continually runs up to people, jumps on them, and sometimes will follow them. She's also gotten into their cars. This is while off leash at a secured area away from moving traffic. I'm a past 10 year volunteer at Best Friends Animal Society in Kanab, Utah. Up, and I'm totally lost as how to handle this problem. She's a high energy dog. Any help would be greatly appreciated. So it's just sort of, you know, she's a happy dog, excited, wants to greet people, but she needs to not, not be so aggressive. Yeah. You can't have her on leash. Oh, sorry. You can't have her off leash until you've got a really reliable recall. I think she's still young. She's, you know, she's, yeah, if one and a half years old, they're reaching social maturity, they're reaching adulthood, but really the, a lot of dogs remain puppies all their lives anyway, especially when they're this young. I think it's just her bon viveur, it's her happiness, <laughs> it's her excitement. But it's dangerous, especially if you're, you know, even if you're in an area where you can have dogs running free, sometimes if people just, they just don't want to be jumped on by a dog. So I think until you've got a really reliable recall, you can't have her off the leash. Go to a class, get a trainer in, teach your dog a reliable recall, 
build it up in a, an area free of distraction first, as I always say, mm-hmm. and then take it to areas where there are more distractions, where it's going to be harder for your dog to listen to you. But when you build up a solid recall, you can call your dog back to you before it gets to the point where your dog jumps. Great. All right. And if you have any questions for Victoria, um, you want to ask a question, send an email to us, positively.com slash askvictoria, and we will answer them on the podcast. And we appreciate all kinds of questions because I learned so much during all of that. Um, Okay. Before we go, let's talk about this uh, story that we saw, complete with pictures. Broke my heart. I mean, it was so good. So this story, if you haven't seen it, um, it's in Italy. It's uh, near Rome. And I guess, uh, this woman had a few dogs and one of the dogs, uh, was named Tommy. And basically the dog would go with his owner to, um, church to mass. And so they had this sort of ritual of, you know, going to church and mass and the owner passed away and the funeral was held in the, this church, Catholic church. And I guess after the owner died, passed on the dog continued to go to mass on Sundays without one of the dogs. It's this beautiful German shepherd mix without the owner. And it, you know, he sits in the front and he just lays there and waits. And, you know, he, when the, he stares at the parish as they stare towards the pulpit and, um, it's so sweet. I mean, it's probably just one of the most beautiful stories. And I guess the whole town has adopted these three dogs. They now take care of the dogs and the priest or the bishop at this Catholic church has said, this dog is welcome. And actually the dog comes to all the the baptisms, the confirmations, the wedding, the masses. And the priest says, I wouldn't do it without him. And he sits in the front and lays at the, at the, at the priest's feet while he does communion. And while he uh, has mass says mass. So it's the most beautiful story I've ever seen. And this dog just looks so sad and pathetic. But first of all, I love the story, a true man of cloth who sees all God's creatures and says this dog is as welcome as any human being. And the fact that this dog, you know, is so loyal and it's just this ritual thing. Is that common in dogs like that? I mean, is that a... Look, there are so many stories of dogs sitting at the person's uh, uh, person who's died, sitting by their grave and um, just continuing the rituals that they did when their owner was uh, um, alive and... I guess it's their connection, but this, I think this is relatively unique, but what triggers this dog are the bells that, mm-hmm. that ring. And so he goes daily. He, he, he sits through baptisms and funerals. And mm-hmm. I think when he hears the bells, he that's goes, it. that's his, his place trigger. to go and that's his home. And maybe it that's is. because that was the last connection to where she was. Yeah. That was the funeral. Yeah. But if you do a search and it's, um, it's Tommy, the dog. And I think it's in Rome. If you did a search, it's a yeah. Tommy Rome near, and then church. Yeah. Near Brindisi. Um, it, it's just, it's beautiful. I know what a story. And just the pictures are so heartbreaking and what a beautiful dog, but you know what? And like I said, that, that priest is a true man of the cloth to say, you know what? All God's creatures are welcome. And isn't that what it's all about? Exactly. And that's why this job working with these dogs, it really is. And you know, be, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. That That's just so neat. And you know, I guess um, we'll end it there because it was so nice. And uh, don't forget dognition.com. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. If you uh, are interested in finding out the way your dog sees the world and um, you want to uh, 
sort of see how you can interact with him better and what would be the greatest way to do it. Um, a bunch of dog behaviorists, scientists, uh, trainers got together and uh, some of the best minds in the dog world, and they have created this sort of personality test. It's a, it's kind of fun games and tasks you do with your dog, and um, then you can sort of, you get a whole printout and, you know, done by the, you know, utmost experts, and it's uh, it's a really great way to, to train your dog. And if you use the promo code VICTORIA39 through the end of March, you'll get uh, a $20 discount, which is really nice. Don't forget, we've got one more week of the small dog contest. Right, remind we've us what that is. We've had some fabulous pictures. <laughs> Keep sending them in, please. Uh, send them to podcasts at positively.com. Love it. Holly and I like to look through them. <laughs> I love it. Anytime you send me pictures of dogs, I'm the happiest girl in the world. Anyway, so until next week, we will see you then. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at It's Me or the Dog. This Positively Podcast has been brought to you by Pets Ad Life, who encourage you to get a pound for your pet. Visit PetsAdLife.org or the Pets Ad Life Facebook page to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.